awesome nerds, and welcome to another episode of D&D and TV, the weekly podcast where we rewatch or recap television shows you really enjoy and talk about how the themes, concepts, and characters can be used in different role-playing games. I am your host, Jeremy, uh, and we are talking about Echo Season 1, Episode 2, Loak, and I am joined by my co-host, Danny Calamari, who is currently shooting a gun furiously at a broken swing set. I'll hit it eventually, I promise. I, I-, I will Bang! get it. It's look. It's just chains. It's just chains. Yeah. <laughs> if you hit it, they're not actually going to do anything. They're just going to swing in the air like it is a swing set. Um, maybe if you put like a can or something on the swing and shot that instead, do you feel that would be a little bit more? Um, no, 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 no. I'm going for the chain. No, I'm, I'm going for the chain. I, I'm. I've committed right, to cool, this. I'm, cool. I'm going to hit this chain. All right, that definitely it means something to you, and that's the important. Exactly. Thing, you exactly. Have feelings. Yeah. Because uh, we are <laughs> talking about, well, the final scene of episode two, which did feel like it meant something, but it was also a little bit weird to see Echo and or Maya. We haven't decided we're going to call her Maya or Echo yet. I guess she's uh, not Echo at all. in the show. Yeah, we haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I guess she's always Maya. Uh, yeah. I Like, we've seen it with guns before. She shot Kingpin with a gun and, like, she's got guns and stuff, but I don't know. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, you, you don't use guns. A bit hard to miss the that's shot on Kingpin. Thing. Yeah, that that's was like true. point Except blank. So, I, yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Like, all right, I'm. Let's get into this. Yeah. First of all, there is a storyline where Maya blinds Kingpin in the comics. Yes. Like, thinks she's killed him, but it's actually just blinded him, and he gets his sight back because of reasons, because comic book reasons. But this honestly tracks the hell out of hell for me because she shot him in the face. We see him and he's got like a big bandage over one eye. She would have shot him in the face and that should kill someone. But it clearly like just took out his eye. And this is a world where there's fucking aliens and like magic and stuff. Yeah. I easily believe that someone like Kingpin could have access to all that stuff and now he can come back and he's like super powerful. In Hawkeye, he got shot in the chest with an arrow. Well, that's what I was about to say. Like, it's clearly supposed to be the same Kingpin as the Daredevil series. Um, yeah. But he was he was kind of distinctly a, just a dude in that. Like, he was a hefty he dude, was. but he was just a guy. But then, yeah, Hawkeye, he takes more punishment than you think he should be able to. So he's like, Mm. I don't know if it's ever going to be explained, but I think we're just kind of going off the assumption in this world that Kingpin can take more than a normal person can, which is like what he's like in the comics anyway. I'm starting to believe this is something I think from DC, like it was a fan theory for DC, that people in this world are just tougher yeah. Like, and this is why Batman doesn't have to pull punches very often because he punches someone in the face and it doesn't break their jaw or their cheekbone or anything. They just get knocked out because years and years and years of like cosmic radiation on the planet or like metahuman DNA in the water supply has just made a population that's tougher. And yeah. I'm of the opinion that the Marvel Universe is starting to get there as well. Because in Black Widow, she falls off a building. <laughs> don't don't and like give me that. bounces off a fire escape. Don't give me that And then stands scene. up. <laughs> All right. So maybe uh, just in Marvel now, people are just a little bit tougher. 
Like they've been adding fluoride. They've been adding super soldier serum to the water for like 60 years. So people are just like, oh, look, I, my back's better. It's got to, It's the only reason that can explain surviving that fall in Black Widow because that was nuts. That was actually insane. Yeah. yeah. So that explains like Kingpin's just been drinking the, the New York water supply. And now, <laughs> you know what? It's an arrow in the chest. I'm a big guy. I'm probably fine. Oh yeah, the eye that'll grow back. Yeah, that yeah, it's yeah. There was no, there's no seemingly we're aware no big crazy magical explanation. He just got shot in the yet. face and got up. Yeah, he just got yeah. shot in the face and he got up again. Yeah, I mean, I do love a missing eye in a villain, and then like putting some sort of bizarre magic item or piece of technology or something in there to give them powers. Yeah. That's, I, I love that because particularly, you know how when characters or when player characters are so very eager to take all the magic items that are, or everything that a, a villain has. Yeah. Well, if you give them something like a magical hand or a magical eye, it's like, yeah, you can use that. You just have to pull out your own eye first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. How are you feeling about that? <laughs> It gives you them, still want the eye that can shoot laser beams? You it, still want at that? At least it at least will give them a tiny bit of pause before they eventually yeah. do cut their own eye out. But it'll at yeah. least let them think about it for a second. I did have one game, a level twenty game, and they were out to kill um like a, a Lord of Hell basically. They said they can only be killed by this one particular dagger wielded or when it's in conjunction with another magic item. And the other magic item was the arm of a saint like the the bone like the arm bones of a saint and the only way to get that was to chop off your own arm and put that arm bone in there its place and basically the halfling goes yep cool give it to me like just all right without hesitation <laughs> I was expecting just... a bit of death yeah absolutely <laughs> zero hesitation there was more discussion over whether they should turn him to stone first and break the arm off or just get a really sharp knife <laughs> That's great. Oh, I would have loved to, to get to have my fun. If they um, I was him- like, well, it is a human arm, so he's got this much larger like bone arm than than the rest of him. <laughs> that's good. That's oh, a that's that a good special. um that, that's a good thing to like try to throw at them. It's funny though that even yeah. then, like you said, there's just no hesitation with the idea of yeah, I'll cut the arm off. Yeah, I'm just going to pull my eye out. That's fine. That's fine. That's good. Someday I'm going to have like the enchanted kidney of such and such. It's like, here's a magic item and it doesn't require a tumor. You just got to cut a couple of organs out and use that instead. Oh, wait, I've already got one of those. I've got like a the heart of someone. Oh, okay. And it's like, all you got to do is like remove your own heart and put theirs in place. <laughs> and it's like, it gives you like phenomenal power. But uh, yeah, you're you're not living for very long if it it goes wrong. That was that was a fun little tangent. Um, <laughs> we're talking about episode two, in which Maya hits back against Kingpin's army. Hits back again uh, from what? Like, I uh, I, I yeah. was confused about this um, because the synopsis of the episode because they're only going to give us one sentence on Disney Plus. Thanks for that. Um, basically, there's a lacrosse game uh, in the past in Alabama. Then um, Maya wakes up and talks to Biscuit and she plans a little bit of a heist on a train, which was cool. Yes. 
we meet Grandpa again, Grandpa Scully. Um, and the heist on the train means that Maya's set up a thing to blow up one of Kingpin's depots, and that causes problems with Henry. Um, not great, but she's all like, hey, they struck me first, so I'm getting back at them. I'm like, wait, did they? Yeah, I, I don't... I, I think she... I don't, I don't know when they struck at her. <laughs> yeah, like, I thought she got shot at the end of end of Hawkeye and that's where she had the injury from maybe there's a bit in Hawkeye that we're missing maybe there's like some bit that we don't remember before she went and killed or tried to kill Kingpin yeah I don't know because I feel like if I'm remembering correctly she just kind of disappears near the end we focus on the Hawkeyes fighting the um, tracksuit mafias that's that's what they're called right yeah tracksuit yeah. mafia and then she sh- the bro. Yeah, she shows up um just with Kingpin. Yeah, she I, shows up with the Kingpin. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Someone, someone tell us in the comments. Um, oh, yeah. And then uh, it turns out that Bonnie... Well, Bonnie finds out that that Maya's back and she mad. Yeah, she mad. She, she's not happy. She mad. She's not bad. That it, Look, I, I know I end up shipping most of the two female characters in every show, but I didn't mean to this time. I was not expecting it. <laughs> but there's even more of the X stuff in this one. Yeah. Like, all of the dialogue between them feels like... Like, it's not dialogue, it's just text messages. But it feels like, why didn't you tell me you're in town? Yeah, it's... it's. I don't know. I, I do hope we get a proper explanation of why this relationship's different um, to, like, yeah. Biscuit. Um, and, like, why it's yeah. being treated like that. And because they are related, I do hope it's nothing romantic. <laughs> But, um, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm wondering if they are related. Honestly, I'm starting to question it now. Yeah. Look, if they're not like, rela- if they're not related, then all for it. But not if they're. I'm sorry, no. <laughs> if they're related, like, because <laughs> it could just be like cousin, as in like you're you're the kid who lives next door, and we're cousins. Yeah. Yeah, because that tracks. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out. I guess that, that'll all make sense at some point. Although, go, going back to the lacrosse game, <laughs> it did say Alabama yep. when they had had the um, the little footage of it before saying in, introducing where they were. But I thought they were in Oklahoma. Oh, I like actually... I thought uh, Tamaha was in Oklahoma. I'm not sure. I guess we'll find out that as well. Well, that's actually... Biscuit's wearing a Oklahoma football t-shirt. That's why right. I thought it was Oklahoma. But that doesn't mean anything. Maybe he just went to Oklahoma for, for university. Yeah. And I guess, like, even people here in Australia where, like, American University, like, jump in. That's So true. that's actually not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. I say this while wearing an NYPD <laughs> um, T-shirt. And I don't know if anyone knows this. I am not a member of the NYPD. <laughs> um, not sure if that counts as... Uh, as impersonating a police officer, if so, I plead the fifth. Uh, this podcast is not admissible in a court of law. <laughs> um, I don't know where I'm going with that one. I just, I just wanted to go on a weird tangent because uh, it's going to be a lot of weird tangents today. I think. Uh-huh. Um, this is a weird episode. It is a like, weird episode. I, I love the action sequence of the train. Yes. I thought that was really cool. I thought there was a lot of stuff that you could use in an RPG. Unfortunately, for some reason, I completely tuned out at the end. And I have no idea how she got off the train. 
but I just thought it was cool up until that point. <laughs> so, yeah, it's one of the like. There's a moment where she gets her legs stuck in the um, in the coupling. Yeah, and she channels the power of the Chocotawa, 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 uh, and just kind of pushes it away. And I was like, all right, cool, that's awesome. Gee, I wonder if Echo like has those powers in the comics. And then I checked, and five minutes later, I'm like, oh, she's off the train? Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. So, um, what did I miss, I guess? Off the... Uh, shit. I mean, oops, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I could go through the episode now and just have a look. I really don't I think... care. She got off the train, the truck got ruined. Like, that's... Yeah. That's all I need to know, I'm pretty honestly. sure. I'm pretty sure she jumped onto the truck. Yeah. Hence why it got ruined. Cool. Yeah. Like hit the windscreen. I want to I want to talk about that whole sequence because that is pure RPG stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I really found it like from the very start where she like gets the stuff from Biscuit and like gets a little um swing zip line going and just uses the the phone to track herself. Yeah. And then dives down and uncouples it but doesn't land like three point superhero landing just kind of bounces and rolls and has to grab onto the train yeah like to me this is perfect rpg stuff like you're not the superhero you rolled kind of poorly yeah on your athletics check to land so yeah you kind of bounce and it creates that sense of tension yeah exactly and usually being Usually a player's plan or how they're going to look ends up being different to what happens. Like just jumping on the train, like, yeah, I'm going to land this fine. And then, no, it's it's not always fine. Exactly. And what it felt like to me, like that whole sequence felt to me, something that Matt Colville talks about a lot, and I'm sure I mentioned on this podcast before, uh, the idea of skill challenges. Yeah. And it's not even just Maya's skill challenge, it's Biscuits as well. Because he's got to try and keep up with the train. He's got to like go cross country to stay in the right area. And it's making both of them make choices and make checks the whole way through. Yeah. Like, I think it's fantastic. And I mean, we'll talk about the Marvel Multiverse game um, as well. But this is kind of those out of combat roles. Yeah, exactly. Using your intelligence, using your dexterity, using your your skills and things to sneak past guards and to find the right car and all these kind of things. And I love it because it's kind of a narrative story or a narrative check. Yeah. Like it's just run along the top of the train, make an athletic check. You fail. Okay. You trip and you grab something, you nearly fall, but that's one failure. So it keeps the narrative moving forward and the failures just increase the tension. Yeah, exactly. And um, I do love, like, whether it's, like, with a kind of, narr- like, a narrative roles and um, skill checks and stuff, or if it even is combat, make like, having things like dynamic battlegrounds or dynamic environments like a train always adds so Ooh. much fun and so much tension instead of it just being a building that someone's heisting. Like, having something that's yeah. moving, something that has shifting parts or... A, I don't know, a, a room that flips upside down every now and then or... Oh, yeah. Or, like, like something even akin to, like, the staircase in Harry Potter. Um, like, things that are moving, things that are changing, it's always great to have a dynamic environment like that. And that dynamic environment can then play a part in as well. Like, failure doesn't... 
Well, failing a check doesn't mean you're out. It just means things get harder. Yeah. So that moving staircase, you fail. All right, cool. You went the wrong way. Now you've got to find another way through that staircase. Because it's such an easy way for the for the game master or the storyteller to use that against them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love that idea. It's just so easy. Yeah. So easy to do. I think people kind of forget that, that failure means that you didn't do something. Where a lot of the time I think failure means you succeed, but something else has gone wrong. Yeah. What's it? Is it, is it failing forward? Is that the term? Yeah, failing yeah. forward. That's a good way of doing it. I mean, it's the um, the yes, but yeah, as well. Uh, for um, for improv, I guess it's like yeah, you succeed. Particularly when it's something super simple, like jumping from one place to another. It's like you need to have the role because that's how the mechanics work for it. But failure needs to have a cost as well. Yeah. One game system that does that really well is Powered by the Apocalypse, where I think it's a seven plus on two dice, you're going to succeed. But it might be at a cost or you only get one element of success, whereas a 10 plus, you get all the successes and anything else. Well, you might still succeed, but it's going to go badly for you in the future. Like the cop gives you the information, but he's going to take down your name and number and now you're on a watch list kind of thing. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I like that. It's, yeah. It doesn't... Because I don't like when... You know, sometimes a failure is just like, well, no, you're done. Like that's that's it. Mm. It doesn't work. And it, like, yeah, failing, they're failing with some form of success still, or or even succeeding with a hint of failure as well, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, succeeding it, at a cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely. I think adds... that's something that. Sorry. Something that D and D has always sort of had that problem with because it's such a binary binary uh, system. Yeah. mechanics so it's either hit or miss if you don't hit you miss there's never the shades of grey to it yeah it adds to the like the simplicity of the idea but then in terms of role playing you, you do you do miss like, like you said the shades of grey you do miss that the fun in between stuff and it doesn't exactly encourage mm. you know that that extra stuff of role play with the like you said succeeding at a cost or failing or failing forward or whatever yeah, it kind of removes that that realism. Yeah. That I'm going to, like, yes, I'll, I'll do what you want, but you have to do me a favor first. It's like, no, no, you're going to do what I want or nothing. It's like, yeah. well, that's not how the real world works. But I got a 20. It's like, nah, yeah, but the 20, <laughs> well, I mean, the 20 actually might mean that they do do it without any cost to themselves and anything else means that you got to do something for them. Yeah. But they're going to do it and no questions asked. So yeah, there's there's you need those levels of success, I think. And Savage World is another one that does something similar, but that to me always felt a little bit like it's very easy to succeed. That's one where if you get two successes because every every four full roll points on a roll is a success. So if you roll a 4, you succeed. If you roll an 8, you succeed twice. Okay. And it's like, well, if you discover this thing, you need five successes. Or to, if you only get two, you only discover that they've got money in their pockets and not that they've got a watch as well. And it's like, uh, all yeah. right. It <laughs> like, becomes that becomes a lot to um a lot to manage as well as the game master. Uh, like yeah. Also, like kind of keeping that in mind as well. I don't know. 
it feels like to me it feels like complication there that it doesn't necessarily have to be hmm hmm it's an extra step to remember rather than just well you succeeded you found the information it's like but I got six successes doesn't that mean extra stuff oh okay I guess he also tells you his social security number <laughs> and um like the stuff that he's downloaded off off the pirate bay I don't know <laughs> like what what more do you want you got the thing you want yeah. So that's yeah. It's a little bit a little bit more improv-y unless you really want to dive into that. It's like more it doesn't necessarily look as good. That's just my rant about Savage Worlds. <laughs> I, I like other game systems. Savage Worlds is just tricky. Uh Pass Fail's good though, in most cases. Yeah. I mean, D and D works for a reason, but it's just there's I think it's it's the combat basis. I want pass fail in combat. Yeah, I don't want to have to. I maybe that's it. The, the simplicity of combat, you want pass fail. You don't want well, you hit nearly, so that means that your next hit's going to have this. Now remember that because I've got to deal with three other people. Yeah, exactly. You don't want that in combat. You want you do want that simplicity. And I think something like D and D, it lives and dies around combat. It's very much combat yeah. focused. So the rest of the system revolves around that idea. Um, it doesn't really have yeah. a difference between a necessarily between a role role play um, ability check and a to hit check. Hmm. I mean, we saw this the same thing in the Marvel multiverse uh, system that your basic skill is like it could be anywhere between zero and ten or zero and nine. Yeah, and that's you roll to add that to your combat roll. That's the same number you use out of combat as well. Yeah. There might be skills and powers that you use and that might change the number outside of combat or might change it in combat and not out, but it's pretty much the same. Yeah, it's actually, yeah, the, yeah, even to hit and damage in that game is the same role as well. It is oh, all, yeah. yeah. That is one thing that I really enjoy about the Marvel Multiverse game. You roll three dice and that is both to hit and your damage. Yeah. Like that... It's so it's so great. I mean, it's a lot of math, but <laughs> it, you're playing math. a role playing game. Get it used to math, yep. kids. <laughs> but yeah, I I love that idea that you just roll the ones. The MCDM role playing game is doing something similar. You just roll damage. Okay. And your armor is extra health. Like all these other things are part of, um, meaning so you don't have that pass fail mechanic of D and D. Right. So you're always hitting. You're always hitting, but you're able to get health back really easy, or you're able okay. to do something like on a response, or yeah, it's it's a they're doing a good job for oh, that. Cool. Check out MCDM. The <laughs> the Kickstarter's over, but it's going to be really cool, you guys. Um, this podcast not brought to you by MCDM. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. We just went. I just started off skill challenges, and now we're just talking about the mechanics of of pass fail. Uh, oh, mechanics. I wanted to get on a mechanics and lacrosse. <laughs> yes. Because it was such a big part of the episode. It, yeah, it like was. In a... All right. I, I want to talk about this. So it's a 40 minute episode. It's got five minutes of credits. It's got five minutes of lacrosse. <laughs> um, so that's like one seventh of the episode was just lacrosse. Yeah, I was. And it's, the, so, it's someone correct me on the math. But yeah. And it's the start as well. Which means yeah. like you're like, huh? 
<laughs> it's it, it's a bit yeah. it's a bit like jarring going into the episode, and you're like, this is this is what we're watching. This is what we're doing. Yeah, like okay, cool. Native American lacrosse in Alabama. I'm I'm down with it. Who are these people? What's going on? Yeah, that's the why f- are they playing happy time sport? Yeah, I'm not against seeing it. It's just that there's no real investment in the characters in there, right? Yeah. So I don't like. I don't really like care who wins or loses in that. Like, yeah, I don't know. There's no stakes for me as a as someone watching it because I don't I don't really as, have, as an audience. Yeah, yeah, I don't really have much of a history with these characters in there yet. Um, I'm sure it'll build throughout the show. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I hope so. Yeah. Like, well, this is the thing that Loak then shows up later when when Maya needs to do use that extra strength. Yeah, like, there's the flashback because that's what what Loak does in the same moment back in the game. But like you said, there's no investment because we get introduced to Loak's team first, and they're winning. And generally, when you see a team winning at the start, you go for the underdog. Yeah, like that's the the generic thing. But then the the blue team brings on their super tough guy who's mean. So we're not meant to go for that side. We're meant to go for Loak's side. But there's also that like, well, why are we going for her? Because we got introduced to her first? Yeah, because then you have like, like, then the blue team does the big typical comeback and it's like, oh, they're going to they're gonna push past it despite like losing majorly the whole time. Yeah. And then it doesn't, I don't know. It, 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 was, it was strange. Yeah. And halfway through all of that, we get revealed whoever loses this team has to get exiled. <laughs> and part of me was like, oh, is that why it's in Alabama? And they're, then they're in Oklahoma later on. Did they lose and get exiled? Is that, is that the story? But no, they win. They, they exile the other team. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Um, what? I think so. I think what's going to happen this show is going to end in a big lacrosse showdown between Echo and Kingpin. I would watch that. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm into that. That would be cool. I haven't seen enough lacrosse in media since American Pie. Okay? <laughs> that was the last time I saw lacrosse in media. I mean, it's not quite lacrosse, is it? Because you just no. got to run through the, the, the goal with the ball. You don't have to, like, shoot the ball. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still it was, into it. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a strange way to start the episode, but like you said, with mechanics and stuff. Um, yeah, what I what I was saying is, uh, we've talked about sports on this podcast before when it comes to role playing games, and it is a really good way, like carnival games and things like that. Really great ways of teaching new players. Hey, look, here's the strength test. Here's the dexterity test. Here's the eating contest, so you learn what constitution is. But I'd be really interested to see a sport in an RPG that uses the existing mechanics. So you can just be like, all right, cool. I'm up against someone. Now I shove attack them to push them back off the ball. Yeah. Or something like that. Rather than having to come up with some new rules or new mechanics for the game. You're saying essentially treat it like combat? Yeah, treat it like combat. And like have everyone acting at once. But instead of making it like your own little mini game, which a lot of the time it has to be, like Blitzball in Final Fantasy X, yeah. it's completely different to the, the rest of the game. And honestly, I stopped playing it once. I stopped playing the actual game when I discovered Blitzball. <laughs> uh, I think I'm the only person in the universe that did that. And But to make the same mechanics of combat 
as the comp as the mechanics of the game as the mechanics of the sport i should say yeah yeah and especially like if we're talking about like say this like what we saw in this episode that definitely works because it was it's quite physical there as well and using like you know and i don't think a tackle in this one but the idea of you know doing push or a, a grab or a, a mm. grapple um the dash action or acrobatics ac- to dodge out yeah. of the way or things like that and dashes yeah yeah, I think I'll, I'm one, like I'm right now. I'm looking at all these Blitzball mini, not Blitzball, Blood Bowl, but yeah. Blitzball as well. Um, and I'm just like, maybe I just want to play Blood Bowl. <laughs> like, maybe that's what it is. I want to take the mechanics of D and D and make Blood Bowl. But it's yeah, that aspect of well, what are the rules for fighting? What are the combat mechanics that we already have in place? Well, if you take away damage you've still got a pretty good way of moving people around and uh, a hit mechanic, essentially. You could even, you could even keep damage like in there slightly in terms, if you want to put things like injury in there, like it won't result in death or anything like that. Like maybe if a certain, maybe there's a threshold or something that if you hit it, you'll like get injured or there'll be, I don't know, just a disadvantage or something. I don't know. It depends on depends on the, I guess the game that you're the sport that you're running. Hmm. And I think like obviously I'm thinking very lacrosse American football sort of aspect to it. But you have the stakes be something like this where you're exiled <laughs> if your um if your team loses or you're playing for a village and the marauders have said no no we'll leave you alone if you win that's that's going to be fine. I do, I do have but a it question. It doesn't matter that. Yes. I just sorry, but does that mean like in the a part of this village you just have to be good at lacrosse? Like, is that I'm wondering? <laughs> like, is it a village oh, or sorry. is it like another tribe? Is it another group of people who have come to these lands as well? And they're like, no, 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 we're not going to go to war. We're going to play lacrosse for <laughs> because we're civilized. Maybe, maybe it's like the, and I'm like the equivalent of having a big dance off, but it's just a yeah lacrosse game. And this is why I was like, are we meant to like be on Loak's side? Because we don't know what Loak's like. Maybe this, she's like, nah, this is a useless thing. I'm going to play lacrosse, but I'd much rather just slitting everyone's throat while they sleep. Like that's the way to deal with these people. That's why I'm so pumped up about lacrosse. It's like, ooh, that's not, I'm not sure if I want this hero to win. Um, yeah, I, I guess maybe they just like went, you guys, you guys are kind of jerks. We want you to leave. So, um, we'll play lacrosse for it? Yeah. But, like, yeah, in terms of an RPG, like you said, having big stakes for something like playing a sport is fun and it's great. At the moment, with the knowledge we've got, very weird in terms of world building here. I don't don't understand. (laughs) I don't really get it. Well, yeah, in the terms of world building for Echo, it's very confusing. <laughs> but it always is. Like, the um, Rhyme of the Frostmaiden has a, a game in it, a sport, mm-hmm. called uh, Goat Ball. Okay. Which I'm trying to remember if you actually use a goat or whether it's like a goat bladder that's been inflated. And there's rules for that as well. But you can do things like that. It's like, no, no, you need to win at Goat Ball for the tribe to trust you. Yeah. Like the, the barbarians or the Uthgar barbarians to trust you in that. And... Yeah, I guess it's kind of like that. It's like a way of proving strength or proving ability 
it doesn't matter if you win or lose in some cases. It's like if you lose, people are like, ha-ha, you lost. Um, so he does have those role-playing opportunities as well. Yeah. But I'm also wondering about a situation like that. It doesn't necessarily have to be just the martial combat people. Because if you've got the bard on the field and they go, whoa, <laughs> this guy's breath. Am I right? Yeah. Like in whoever's opposed them. Well, maybe that creates disadvantages. Maybe that's like you, you're using all the other skills. It's still that skill challenge. It's still the mechanics of, of the game. Would you? Um, but it's just for... A, would you allow a magic right user to cheat? Like say like using something akin to Mage Hand or Telepathy to um, do something like that? I think it depends on the sport yeah. and on the the ability. Like this would be the same as if they wanted to cheat at cards. Yeah. If they wanted to like use mage hand and like slip a, an ace into their hand or something like that. It's like, yeah, you just make the same sleight of hand roll you always do. You still use your same skills. If it works, yeah, it works. If it doesn't, you get sent off. Yeah. And then you get put in a pit with vipers. <laughs> so, if you get the red card, just throw them in the viper pit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good the sin bin for a reason or a pit with devils that's why it's a sin bin oh that's yeah. great <laughs> oh and I love that because then it's like okay you've got three rounds in the sin bin you just gotta survive <laughs> and then you can jump back out and join the game again oh it's so I love that like stupid high stakes <laughs> sports and stuff is fun yeah. like in terms of like in terms of that type of stuff in an RPG absolutely um yeah, so I'm not against those ideas. Even even the idea of yeah, this you're getting thrown out of this. Um, was it the land? Was it the tribe? What was it that they were getting actually? I thought it was the lands. I think they said the lands. So, okay, so you're getting thrown out of the of the lands for losing lacrosse. Um, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I just we're I aware guess... that it's not lacrosse. Oh, okay, it's yeah, from so, lacrosse, yeah, but they're going to call it lacrosse. It's that's the closest thing that we we can see. It's like lacrosse. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, just without the context, it was very, very jarring and kind of funny a little bit um, in the context of the rest of this, like, MA show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I was expecting someone to get stabbed. Yeah, I. that's kind of where or I like, thought it was they, going. Yeah. It was going to, like, really devolve into a big brawl or something. No, just the cross. Which, which I would be into. Yeah. I'm yeah. into that one. That's cool, too. <laughs> But I guess the the athleticism athleticism of it, that's what I'm trying to say, <laughs> that matches Maya's athleticism. Yeah. Because she's all about just like those flips and those moves and the all the stuff she can do and running around the train. It's like, I'm not just someone who punches people. Yeah. I could do other stuff too. It's, it's that monk shit that she does. Yeah. And distinctly in this, this episode, I think really like solidifies her like if she was anything it's a monk yeah like for sure absolutely solidifies that yeah yeah she might not have the um the calm of most monks no. <laughs> in D, but she's got she's got uh she's got that now um speaking of calm and people like that uh we get scully uh graham green is it graham green let me check my, my notes um and by that i mean quick google great <laughs> graham green yeah, Graham Greene playing Scully, the granddad. Yes. Um, I just recognise this actor from a bunch of stuff. Doing his best NPC shopkeeper. Yeah, love that. Um, with, the, with the white people. 
And I love his his like, yes, this will bring you good luck and is carved by Native Americans and being like, no, no, you can go to that fucking tribal place down the road if you don't like it. If you want Navajo shit. <laughs> and then not even being I want, happy. I want that, more shopkeepers like that. Yeah, not even being happy in the end that he got the sale because yeah. he just didn't like yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> he just hates them. <laughs> it's like, I feel that player character or player characters players are so mean to mp shop yes. npc shopkeepers that i want to introduce someone like him to be like yeah i don't actually want your business like you adventurers come to town and you buy up all the good stuff yeah i'm gonna charge you double yeah no no this sword definitely made by dwarves definitely <laughs> made by dwarves yeah no don't don't pay any attention to those elvis writing that's just um that's just uh graffiti it's fine it's fine yeah, the, the the shopkeepers they really do get the uh, the raw end of the of the deal a little bit. I even had I had a player that didn't like the fact that the shopkeeper was charging too much, um, so they spent a good chunk of that session like in the middle of the night killing the shopkeeper purely of course. Because, purely because of their prices and because the shopkeeper assumed that they couldn't afford it. So it's just like yes, geez. like I know the that, assumption they couldn't afford it is the worst. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm, the shopkeeper wasn't supposed to be a good person. They were a bit of a, um, they were rude. But to with what happened to them to get killed like they did, that was yeah, a bit too harsh. Yeah. Sometimes I love to like really mess with a party and have the shopkeeper be like, "No, I'm a retired adventurer." Yeah, I've I've been doing this for, you know, decades. This is why I've got all this stuff. I know what price to charge. And sometimes I have them just be utterly clueless and really you get the chance to to ruin an innocent person <laughs> like that. I did have one instance. This is a, a case from Curse of Strahd, which I might have told this story before, um, where part of the adventure points out that Barovia is a closed area, like people are trapped there basically and there are very few general stores so the one of the ones that does exist prices are a good two and a half times more expensive than the player's handbook because it's limited supply and of course my party have had money out the wazoo because they're just fine they're going through dungeons they're killing monsters everyone's got coin that kind of thing and so they're buying stuff from this guy and they're like, oh yeah, that seems fair. I'm just giving them the prices. And then one of them picks up the player's handbook and says, oh, how much is this? And looks and goes, hang on a second. This guy's overcharging us. And the mood of the table. After that moment, there was just silence for a good 10 seconds as they all looked at me. And he's like, and I just said, yes, because there is uh, very little food here. I, I charge more, yes? And... They, they, there was a moment where they were going to kill him <laughs> it was like look this is how supply and demand works uh, if you've got a lot of supply if you've got a lot of demand you charge more but they were not happy no. they were not happy but that's the kind of shopkeepers I want to see more of ones that are very aware it, maybe they're not NPCs but they're very aware that um, they've got they've, they're selling to idiots is what I'm saying yeah yeah, exactly. Especially when, like, in a role-playing game, when, like you said, you get into the the parts of the game where the players have just got an obscene amount of money. 
so you can do it easier yeah. to them because they're gonna they're more likely to just be like yeah okay sure but yeah the moment of realization when it happens when you're overcharging them and someone like questions it um i love that mm-hmm. i've heard that before with like oh no hang on <laughs> this this is not <laughs> right I also love when it's um oh yeah we'll just buy some soup from you here's a gold piece yeah it's like that cost maybe like sixty cents and you're happy to get drop for hundred bucks and say keep the change like that's when the the um town should start to go okay so we're just gonna bring the prices on everything up yeah okay okay everyone everyone's on board with this oh yes yes this um this one bed which would normally cost you a uh, ten bucks no that's a thousand dollars a night I'm <laughs> sorry it's the only bed in town I had I have I've had people like be like give a gold piece to an NPC like hey give us some information and the NPC's reacting like oh geez thank you so much and like really grateful but for the players to then go, oh, like realize that they've well over, yeah, like, overdone it, and like tried to get the gold back and like give them like less yeah. of a tip. It's like no, 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 no. You've given the gold now. <laughs> they know you've got money now. Oh, I love that. I love that too. The um, the concept of gold is just a. People forget about it sometimes yeah. in D and D. It's so great. <laughs> oh, there was something I wanted to say about just that. Say, oh, that's right. I've got a, another uh, adventure that I run, and often the the person giving the people the quest has no concept of the the value of money because he's very wealthy. So he's like, yeah, a thousand gold a day. I'll give you that. Um, and they're like, and when people are like, oh, maybe it's like, why is that not enough? What do poor people normally make? Kind of <laughs> attitude. And a little while later, he delivers something. He has a goblin deliver stuff to them. And the goblin's like, yeah, he said you pay me a gold. <sighs> and it's basically a test to see if they pay the goblin. Because whether or not they do, he's like, yaha, he already paid me and runs off. Because <laughs> <laughs> his goblins also realize, well, anyone this guy knows is probably also an idiot. <laughs> I can go quite a bit here. That's great. Oh, I love him. <laughs> I love him. Now, I want to talk more about Scully. Scully is just really cool. Yeah. He's fun. He was in the first episode and we didn't get enough of him. Um, what kind of dungeon master do you reckon this guy would be? Because he's kind of quirky, kind of funny. He's uh, He builds that, that new leg for, yeah. for Maya. Like, what do you reckon? First of all, he's a dungeon master that's going to have terrain. I think yes, he's the dungeon sure. master that's always going to have some DIY um, stuff that he's put on the table that he's he's been working on. Um, so I think, yeah, first and foremost, if he's he's going to be the one that's crafting things. Um, yeah, a lot of the time, it's for sure scratch built. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like it might not be crafty, but it like looks exactly like he's describing. Yeah. Like he's like, and this is the tower. And he like puts down like a couple of, like a spray canister, which is kind of, he's put a little like crenellations and battlements around the top. And you're like, that doesn't, and yet it does. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. Um, he's like, this, this is just a mock-up. It doesn't look exactly like that, but it's close <laughs> enough. But yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely a terrain user. I think, um, Oh, he's got he's got charisma. I think he'd he be, he'd be a, I feel yeah. I, I was gonna say I feel like he does a lot of puns. Yes. Yeah. Like he's got a lot of stories and like a lot of jokes in his game. 
However, though, I feel like he wouldn't be one to take too much um, too much pushback at the table either, though. No. <laughs> God, no. No, he'd, he'd be... Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, he's someone who's like, stuff at the table is at the table, and it's like, it's all fine afterwards. Yeah. You don't have, like, outside stuff happening in the game. But it's also like, yeah, if you want to, if you don't like the rules, cool. Doors over there. Yeah. Go run your own game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I definitely, yeah, definitely feel like he'd feel like that. Yeah. But also, if he just like murdered his monster, be like, well done. Yeah. I'm gonna murder you harder next week. <laughs> I do love um, in the episode after he achieves something, you see him give him a little, give himself a pat on the back. I don't know why yes, it was just it was, was really so cool. cute. It was really I really loved it. I know I love him. He's just <laughs> he's just he's really cuddly as yeah. well. And I'm, I'm going to do a quick look and see what else Graham Greene's been in because last time we were saying how amazing someone is, it turned out they got cancelled quite oh. soon after. So I'm hoping that right now that's not Graham Greene is both um, amazing and not amazing until we find out if it's been- yes. You yeah. know what? Okay, he's in Reservation Dogs, so that's a good plot. Okay. That's a that's a good sign. Um, he's in V for Vengeance, which just sounds amazing. <laughs> Loch Ness Monster of Seattle, like I, you know what? Loch Ness I'm sold. Monster. No, he was also he's been doing stuff for ages. He was in um, um, Dances with Wolves and Maverick. It seems okay. like he, Green Mile. He's just kind of playing the the Native American right person. So this is probably why he's just a good character actor. I think that's yeah. a good way of describing him. Yeah. So uh, well done, Graham Greene. Scully's fun. We like you. <laughs> just random. We haven't talked too much about like the cast as yet, but I think he's the one that we're just going to be gushing over until he gets killed by whatever. Yeah. Oh no. Maybe wait, wait. Maybe I'm right on that. Maybe he is going to get killed. Oh, don't. <laughs> no, he can't because he's the one that builds stuff. Yeah, you know, he's got a, yeah. Like, well, because he also, hang on, yeah. he, he at least won't die until the second last episode. I'm putting that there. Yeah. Because I think he, yeah, he, no, he's... he alludes, he alludes to building something else. And usually the way these yeah. Marvel things go is that will appear at the end of the second last episode. Yeah. I mean, alternatively, he could die in the second last episode and then Maya finds whatever he built. Oh, that's true. And, but that'd be for the last, but still second last episode. It's like that. That's that's okay. Yeah, I feel like with, with this show, um, like as of now, like we've had a bit more of the supporting cast, but I still, I'm yep. not feeling super like into many of them other than him. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Biscuit. I like oh, biscuits. biscuits, all right. Yeah, biscuits, okay. Biscuits, all right. Um, but yeah, currently, I don't know. We still haven't seen like a heap. Um. I guess we haven't. Yeah. I think we haven't seen enough of Bonnie. Yeah, we haven't seen. And like, like you, you said last time, um, the idea about Bonnie. And this time, sorry, was it this time? I've, well, I've been talking about Bonnie a bit. Oh, just about her being the the heart. Of, oh yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. The heart of it. Um, I think that is what, like, personally, I think I'm missing with the NPCs, like a little bit of the. I don't know. Mm. But then we got that with... I've just forgotten the character's name that we were talking about. Um, Scully? Scully, yeah. I think we get... Like, Scully yeah. is... I don't know, there's um, a lightness to him. 
um, mm. that you don't get off Maya, I guess, um, for good reason yeah. in terms of her character, but... Um, Maya's super serious. Yeah, very serious. <laughs> this is why I think it, normally in a show like this, I'd assume that there's only one player character because it's the Echo show. Yeah. It's not like Echo and Friends or anything. But I still feel that Biscuit is another player character. I think Biscuit's the guy that can't commit to a full thing, so just comes in yes. every now and then for a session. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's spot on. It's like, yeah, we're here. What are we doing? Why do you need all this stuff? Have I got it? Okay, cool. I've got it on my inventory. Why am I... Do- what are we... Why is there a train? <laughs> okay, I guess I'm rolling dice now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I wonder. All right, just going back to the train and the um, the what basically Maya was doing, planting a bomb in one of the the weapons crates mm-hmm. that um then explodes and like blows up the the arms depot. But we got introduced to like a couple of characters there as well. Yeah, like, who yeah, got some characterization, true. even if they never show up again. Like this dude with the sunglasses. Yeah. Um. And I really love that as a, a little bit of narrative description for a party, particularly when they achieve something that they may not necessarily see the outcome for. Yeah. Like that idea of, like, let's say there's a murder mystery in a village or something, or they managed to kill the monster that was, like, causing crops to die, and they continue on their merry way. Getting to have that, maybe an epilogue of, this is what happens after you go. Yeah. This is what the fallout is. So, yeah, you still get that sense of accomplishment, even if you don't, you're not there for it. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's funny because watching that scene, like I'm like, oh, she just, like that, that was a lot of yeah. people in there. Um, there was a lot of murdered. There people was a right lot there. of murdered people, and yeah, because I guess of the characterization in that scene, it makes it. I guess hit even harder a little bit, um, which I hope is the point. I, I do yes. hope that gets addressed um, as not a fantastic action, but we'll see yeah. um, what how this show wants well, to approach it. I'm wondering if that's why she's avoiding Bonnie. Yeah, maybe because she's all like, "No, I can't. I can't see the family and be happy because I'm a monster now." Yeah, <laughs> which is basically the Marvels plotline spoiler for the marvels yeah yeah that, that, yep <laughs> i mean i like that one as well sorry but it's just weird. yeah i, I, I like the the plotline in the marvels i do it, in fairness i do like the marvels i do actually like the plotline yeah. of it <laughs> and I, I like that beat as well it's just well okay we we saw this but i wonder if they're just expecting everyone who's watching echo not to have seen the marvels which honestly by the box office is fair yeah <laughs> sad yeah, I just, I hope, like, um, like kind of what you were saying with the lacrosse thing as well, the idea of we're rooting for this person because they're the point of view character. I hope that's yeah. not how it keeps going. Like, it's fine to set that mm. up and then you have other things, but, like, that kind of give you reason to follow them. But, yeah, I hope it's not just, like, yeah. you can see Maya doing a bunch of horrible things, but it's fine, she's the point of view character. The designated hero yeah. is always a... Yeah. No, it I'm wondering now, going back to the RPG element of it, is Maya's player being like, and I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna be all badass, and I'm gonna do this, and the game master's like, 
you know you're killing a lot of people, right? Like, there's a lot of people dying, so maybe I'm just going to show you the consequences of your actions yeah. and see if you... <laughs> You may don't be a murder hobo, maybe. <laughs> well, it's like the the Star Wars thing. I remember I had a friend once who thought stormtroopers were robots, and then upon realizing oh, yeah. they weren't, was like, "Luke killed a lot of people." And I'm like, "I know." Luke Luke was a fucking committed a genocide <laughs> almost. He blows up two two Death Stars <laughs> are blown up. Like that's that's significant. There's a good novel where Luke actually does address the fact that he killed millions of people okay. with one shot and he's and the people are like you're a monster you killed these many people and he's like yeah and I sleep really badly at night about it like this is one reason I'm a fucking Jedi Knight right now because I need to search inside myself and root out that darkness so I don't do it again because I know how easy it is yeah and that that's fine like so, yeah. it's fine like that's great that he gets it like addressed in the novels but then in the in the context yep. of the movies and i'm saying like in the context of this show and oh, even never. no exactly and even in an rpg right you can have the characters sometimes do like horrible things to like so many horrible people things. and then they just keep joking around and just going along their merry way yeah it reminds me of um there's a viva la dirt league sketch that they do where it's like the uh, the family friendly settings on, yeah, and it's got what the NPC sees as they let um, like the the guy playing the MMO or whatever lets the kids come in. So it's like we're just gonna put you to sleep, donk, and they just fall over. And it's like look butterflies, and it's like <laughs> butterflies streaming out of this guy's <laughs> neck, and it's just the NPC looking on as all these people are murdered. <laughs> And it's like, oh, look, we found the goat. Put it in the fire. Oh, it went to sleep too. <laughs> it's like, ah! Oh, I love Viva La Dirt League. Oh, that's, They're so fun. That's great. <laughs> oh. Uh, and we're getting wacky. So maybe, yes. unless there's anything else you'd like to talk about, I think maybe that's the time to wrap this episode up. Yeah, in terms of... I don't know. Yeah, there's no, nothing more. Because a lot of this episode is a lot of talking. Um, and more set up yeah. for the show, which is which fine, like. yeah, fine for the show. But in terms of like RPGs and stuff, nothing, nothing kind of exciting to talk about. Or yeah, it's a role play heavy episode. Yeah, very role play heavy. Is what we're saying. Yeah, <laughs> which is really fun. But it's it's moving the plot along through words. Yeah. So so well done the show. <laughs> um, if you'd like to send us wonderful words, you can send them to the email address, which is dndntvpod at gmail.com. Um, you can also find us online um, where with social medias, which is at dndntvpod on Instagram, or myself, which is at Talaman, uh, T-A-L, sorry, Talaman83, T-A-L-U-M-I-N 83 uh, on Instagram, or I'm on Blue Sky as well, which is just at Talaman, because I managed to get it on there early. For those wondering, Talaman is a type of soup. Um, it's very delicious. Is it? I'm going to try some more of it someday. It is. I didn't it's a type know of spicy soup. <laughs> yeah, I thought I made it up when I was in high school. I thought it was a made-up word, but it turns out it is soup. Um <laughs> So, there you go. It's always fun when uh, Americans pronounce it Taluminin. Because <laughs> al- aluminum, aluminium. Uh, that's just my little joke. Uh, Danny, where can people find you on? Uh, on Instagram at Danny.Calamari. That's, yeah. that's kind Wonderful. of, that's my main, my main thing at the moment with Instagram. Not really any other spots at the moment. 
smart Instagram, any anywhere else, the the artist formerly known as Twitter uh, <laughs> is not a place that anyone should be. No, uh, that's hence why Threads and and um, and Blue Sky. Uh, you can leave a rating and a review wherever podcasts are found because that gets us out to more listeners. And if you leave five star reviews, I'll read them out on the show. Um, if I figure out a way to to see them, because there are some on there already and I can't figure out how to see them on Spotify. So once I figure that out, you'll get your name read out on live podcast, but it's very exciting because we are found where podcasts are found. Uh, but thank you to Podbean for hosting us for now, not to, to be ominous. Uh, we are also sponsored by sponsored by brought to you by masters of alchemy, the premier game mastering service in Melbourne, uh, where you can find masters of alchemy at fortress emporium every Sunday for dungeons and flagons, but also for the mini camp campaigns every Thursday night. But that does require booking in advance for the month because they are quite long and commitment, but they're worth it because they're really fun. Lots of fun. Uh, and lots of fun. Lots of fun. I haven't tried one yet because I have my regular game on that night, but when I get some time, I'm going to go along and I'm going to be the worst motor hobo you guys have ever seen. <laughs> so, well, when, whenever that. that's happening, tell me when and I won't I won't run a campaign that month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to request you. Oh, just... Or a thief. <laughs> <laughs> um, so until next time, stay safe, be kind to yourselves, may all your hits be crits, and may all your hits be crits. <laughs> This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. Always was, always will be. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging.